0: a deplorable bum I reside in the States But Scotland is where I'm from Sometimes I feel defeated But we will always stand tall Fighting with my family We go one, we go Sent us of bread and wine, indoctrinate our children, throw the world into the we the people need to stand firm and understand. Without liberty and freedom, all we have is dirt and land. Holding the sword high, I'll stand firmly through the pain The end of my life, decision you should make. I will be your servant and warrior whose soul we will take. You we may fall, holding the line. Yeah, we may fall, but we'll be fine. The world will see. Oh, the
1: will Good evening, family. How's everybody doing today? Hope you all had an absolutely beautiful weekend. It's uh, warming up here. It's amazing what the 30s feel like when you've been below the 20s for the last week. And we're supposed to be, I think, like 58 at some point this week. So it's going to be like literally outside in shorts and a a short sleeve t-shirt. It's going to be nice, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've really enjoyed this cold weather. I've enjoyed the snow, but I know my mom's looking for a little bit of a break. So she will get one at least for a couple of weeks, but this is Kilted Christian episode 527. We're going to go over uh, the difference between anger and righteous anger. I know we've gone over this briefly before, but I've been uh, looking deep into it because that's a big thing that we're all having to deal with right now is, uh, You know, as Christians, should we get upset with what's going on? How should we, how should we react and so forth? So we're going to have a good little conversation about that after we get done with a little bit of news. Once again, Kilted Christian, episode 527, and we're going to call this one Righteous Anger. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason as the world tries to divide us by our differences we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God so good news is uh Jeff is getting a little bit better day by day and we had a discussion this weekend so I'm going to ask you guys what you think before we make any decision cuz like I said this is your show as much as it is ours so um to be easier for Jeff to come on so he can come on with this more. Uh, he had asked me if I would think about moving the show to 9 o'clock Eastern time instead of 10.30 Eastern time. So it would be before Scott's show um, in the evening. Uh, and like I said, it'd still be an hour and a half show. We'd do it the same way. But this right here just gets uh, gets Jeff um, the ability to come on a little bit. Look at that. So I've already got some pleas and some yes nines. So I just wanted to bring that by. Like I said, guys, this is as much y'all show as it is ours. So um, I don't make a move without uh, asking you guys what you think as well. So I know that I'm 1030 Eastern time gets over with at midnight. Eastern time is a little late for some people. So it seems to be uh, it seems to be pretty much uh, everyone agreeing that a nine o'clock would be the good one. So what we're going to do, I'm starting next week. We are going to go on at nine o'clock Eastern time. So we'll be going from a 9 to 10.30, so we'll be ending the show at the time that we normally begin it. The only day that we will not be doing that will be Monday because we've got um, Jay Wu's show, which comes on at 9 o'clock on Mondays. I'm certainly not going to be one to interfere with that. So Monday's um, shows will be the normal time, 10.30, and then every other show that we do is going to go forward um, 9 o'clock starting next week. So um, that way we get you guys here a little bit early. Jeff will be here with us a whole lot more often because I know he is – He's, he misses you guys like crazy. Um, he, he certainly does, and I know he's ready to get back into this fight. He, he never stops. You know, Jeff, he's sitting at home reading scripture, talking to other preachers and so forth. So he's never never out of the battle, but this right here will just bring him right back into it. So settled then, guys, starting next week, um, except for Mondays. Like I said, Mondays, um, we have the uh, um, Jay Wu show, which comes on at 9 o'clock Eastern time, so we do not want to interfere with that. It'll go on at this normal time. We will go on at 1030 on Monday, and then every other day we will go on at 9. And we will also be starting to get back into Saturdays and Sundays as well. Like I said, um, the better off Jeff, that that was kind of our our deal. Um, Jeff and my show is Brothers in a Bible, and I feel weird doing weekend shows without him. Um, but I know he's ready to get back into the game. So, guys, we'll be getting back into seven days a week here soon enough. And remember, I, I will bring this up throughout the week. So, 9 o'clock, it is settled. I thank you so much for your input, guys. Like I said, this is our show collectively. And the last thing I want to do is just go changing the time. And it'd be inconvenient for the rest of you. So, anyways, uh, it was a nice weekend, guys. It was. We've got some interesting snow. And I, I'm curious to hear what y'all have to say. Because... Every time we get snow, the first thing I do is I crunch it up and I try to burn it. Because uh, when I was down in Texas, when we had that uh, snowstorm, um, I took some of the snow and I lit it on fire and it literally burnt it. it. It was like a kind of a black char. And usually, you know what happens when you melt ice, it drips into water, but this stuff kind of burns. So I always do that first here. Um, we didn't get any of that weird charring snow. But one thing that is weird is that it got 40... I think 46, 48 today. So it was well over freezing. Um, and the snow's not melting, it's evaporating, which is really weird. Cause I'm used to, you know, where I've lived when I was up in Michigan and all the other places up with snow, um, whenever, you know, the heat would come up, you know, above 32, it starts melting pretty quick once it's above freezing. But like I said, we were in the forties, almost 50 today and, uh, didn't get any snow melt, just a couple of drips here and there. But like I said, is it's, it's more dissipating like evaporating so it's kind of weird I'll keep you guys to know how long it takes for it to melt because we were supposed to have gotten uh two to three inches of of snow that was on Friday actually the last show when we were doing our last show um ended up getting over six inches of snow so it was it was pretty crazy um but it was awesome because I got to see uh, Matt and Heb. they popped over here and I don't know if Kitty 2 is in here or not but uh Kitty 2 um painted me this phenomenal beautiful picture which I'll be posting up on our Casey website um of jesus christ absolutely phenomenal if you guys ever want some custom art um i believe it was acrylic uh absolutely phenomenal um kitty to karen is so talented it is it is crazy and like i said wait till you see this picture of jesus that she painted me so that's going to be hanging up in um as our focal spot here in our living room and uh, she did this this picture of uh their pup, which was pretty phenomenal as well. That being said, guys, uh, I know you guys are still waiting for your packages for the uh, giveaway. Those will be coming out um, here soon. Um, I ordered some boxes. Uh, I got some boxes, but they came in all soaked. So I had to send them back out with the guy, with the uh, mailman. So I'm going to have some more boxes coming here so I can actually get everything out. But those things will all be out here next week. I'm working the two jobs, working, doing this show and so forth. So I got a little bit busy and I thought, but everything is coming. So, uh, yeah, don't buy Hunter art. Go if you're going to spend some money. I, I'd put money into uh, Kitty Two's Kitty Two's pocket. Um, my goodness, that she is so talented, guys! Wait until you see this painting of Jesus. It is. It's one of those things that you look at and you can feel it. Like you can feel the Jesus on there. <laughs> I know it's, Steve's laughing. No hunter art. No hunter art. Because uh, if you are um going to be purchasing hunter art, hunter art, make sure you get something good out of Joe Biden because I think that's really just buying time or buying uh, laws and, and stuff for them. So, you know, if you're going to buy hunter's art, do something good, man. Get something really good out of it. Like, you know, freedom in America, which I doubt that's going to be one of the deals you get. So get into a little bit of news, and like I said, then we're going to get into a little topic on righteous anger. So what happened over the weekend? um, Weekends are always generally pretty slow, but this one was a little interesting because uh, we are in the middle of um, the beginning of the elections, and people are dropping out bit by bit. Well, apparently DeSantis dropped out this weekend, so he is now out. Then he immediately um, drops out and then endorses Trump. And then goes in today kind of throwing up backhanded comments. Now, I know a lot of people are real upset with what DeSantis had to say tonight, but I kind of agree with him. I mean, and you guys know I don't really care for the guy all too much, but he was just saying that, you know, we're not going to be paying for Trump's uh, or Florida's not gonna be paying for Trump's legal fees, and nor should they. Um the problem that he had was he literally comes out, he um leaves the campaign supports trump and then immediately comes out and starts saying some negative things that was the problem that i had with what he had to comment but i I don't agree that florida should be paying anything for trump's legal fees um trump shouldn't be playing these things because it's just a complete corrupt circus that we're watching right now so this is called panic folks um this is a an interview with laura logan and jamie raskin helped nancy pelosi and planning cover up and follow-on conspiracy of January sixth. So the truth is coming out bit by bit. So we play this clip.
0: Is it potentially the biggest setup in the history of this country? Potentially. One of the greatest crimes against the American people. That's why it's so important to get the truth with us. That's what we're working for and the cover-ups that happened after january 6 is what i'm really after t- as well what about the republicans involved in those cover-ups i know it's hard for you to address those things this is your own party but this is the reality i mean we're gonna go where evidence leads no matter what no matter what i'm gonna hold you to that yes is it potential
1: yeah well I, they say this all the time you're gonna find it you're gonna get to the bottom it, you're gonna hold them accountable yes we are nothing ever happened so And there's just more crap going on in our country right now as well. So, I mean, you know, we had the uh, this is more and more of this is coming out, too. So the FBI and Secret Service are covering up their role in the alleged January 6th pipe bomb. So not only did uh, everything else, all the other BS that they tried to plant over on January 6th with the infiltration, with the FBI, with Antifa and so forth. Then you all go all the way over to that pipe bomb that was supposedly set to the side. That, um vice president just happened to go to that same area. They were told about it and they just kind of casually walked around like no big deal. And then they finally went over there. And it turns out that this pipe bomb was exactly like the uh, test pipe bombs that they use when they're training FBI agents. So a bomb nearly killed vice president. Uh, um, these are my quote fingers. A bomb nearly killed vice president Kamala on January 6, 2021, said the FBI. But now the former FBI officials who oversaw the investigation said it couldn't have in fact the bomb appears to have been a hoax created by and covered up by the fbi and the secret service so that was just more of a reason for them to go after january sixth, call it an insurrection and so forth and it turns out that even that was bs and we all knew it was we knew it was because they didn't really do an investigation much into that they kind of looked at it we did more of an investigation into it by looking at all the different cameras there were camera angles that were missing um like i said it was just more bs that they were playing so i'm hoping 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 i'm praying to the lord that all of this uh truth comes out about january 6 because this is like this is the hole that digs the other holes once you find out that our government was willing to go through and actually create crimes to get people in trouble you realize that nothing is beyond their tyranny and that's what people need to understand First off, because they have spent three years going after January 6th about this stuff. So if you could prove without a doubt that Pelosi and all these people didn't just know about it, but they were behind it. They orchestrated this whole thing. Things are going to change quick. Um, That's when people start waking up. We just got to get to that point somehow. So the blood of patriots. Joe Biden warns millions of Trump supporters that if you really want to worry about the government, you need an or if you if you um, really worry about the government, then you're going to need an F-16. So he's out there joking. Ha ha ha. We're being invaded. The people are having their rights taken away. Our government doesn't care anything whatsoever about the Constitution. Um, they, they just don't care any longer. They, there was uh, something that Moon, um, Moonwolf Nathan and I were talking about yesterday that uh, there was literally a guy that went through and proved in front of court and judges and everything that the dominion that you could hack the machines, and he literally hacked the machine right in front of them to show them how quickly and how easily it could be done. So this stuff is out there. They're still claiming all these machines are impossible to hack. Like I said, the information isn't any good if the media isn't doing anything with it. The media is avoiding it. Um, thank goodness there are independent journals out there that are putting this stuff out so people can at least get an understanding as to what's happening in this world to begin to wake up. So. Holy moly. Here we go. Scientists from the WWF are warning that the global warming could cause ancient viruses that are dormant in permafrost to unfreeze and unleash a pandemic stemming from shipping in Siberia. So this goes way back to what we talked about. Um, Was it WWE? (laughs) Matt said WWE. Um, So this goes way back uh, to what we talked about, I think uh, maybe a year or two years ago about the arctic zombie virus so apparently they dug up something over in Siberia that turned out to be a virus like a zombie producing virus or something like that and then it kind of disappeared and now they're p- peeking this thing back up you know right along with all the other um, new variants of COVID-19 and disease x and everything else they're ramping this up to get us to start thinking about it now hey there's kitty too kitty too I was just telling them about that awesome painting that you painted Unbelievable, hanging in a focal spot of our house. I love you so much. That painting is amazing. And people should send you all of their money to get paintings because you are so, so, so talented. All right, so next, and this is pretty huge news too. So Sweden is going against the cashless agenda. So this is, this is awesome because you're starting to hear more and more about this as well. Trump came out the other day and said, uh, out of no, no way possible is he gonna allow a central banking system. Um, and he came out and said he's going to do everything to make sure that never happens. And now here we have Sweden is now going against the cashless agenda. So the right wing Swedish government is looking at um, strengthening the use of physical cash for the future and for shops to accept cash. So what's going on? What is really happening? Why is Sweden suddenly doing this? And it's a it's a good question. So Sweden is suddenly doing one good thing after another. Recently, they have scrapped Agenda 2030 goals from government um, directives and also scrapped climate taxes on fuel. So now the new right-wing governor or government is wanting to strengthen and use physical cash, something that goes against the cashless agenda. So the government is appointing an investigator to come up with ideas to support people's right to pay with physical cash. This could be because some people simply don't want to cash a society but also to ensure that the payments can be done in emergency and crisis situations. So basically this is nothing about not being excluded from being able to pay, um, says the minister of financial markets. So the big question is why all of a sudden is Sweden doing this? Cause they've kind of Sweden, Switzerland, all of those countries over there have kind of been the testing grounds. They're kind of what, um, Australia is now where, They do all the testing to see how people react to certain things, to see how well it can go over, what they can get away with. Um, But now, all of a sudden, they're ones that are waking up. We've seen um, lots of great examples of uh, Germany, France, who are protesting. The farmers are out there protesting. The the truckers have now um, joined them in this huge protest. And then today, the Scottish farmers have begun protesting. So Europe is all around, and Europe is finally starting to rise. Um, so now we've got uh all the farmers over all over Europe driving their tractors, dumping poop on the uh on and in the buildings of government. Like that's pretty awesome. I guess that's a good uh passive. Well, I mean, I technically I guess it's passive, but yeah, exactly, great great Papa Steve. It's about time. And we need to start doing that some stuff right here in our country as well. So uh this is from uh Francine so I get many people that want to believe that God will come to the rescue. So sit back and have a beer. All will be good. She says, I get it. Some people think this is the end game. Um, I defer to the wisdom of Reverend Glenn Adams and other religious leaders, such as um, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, who uh, combat the false sense of security. In the words of Reverend Adams, I warn you, if your pastor preaches smooth words rather than preparing you for the spiritual battle against the evil overtaking our nation, have a serious conversation with him. If he does not listen, it is imperative to flee from that place of deception immediately. As we navigate these um, turbulent times, let us heed the call to the spiritual warfare, embracing both divine guidance and practical tools at our disposal. Together, we stand resilient, unified in faith, and ready to be the architects of a positive change. And I like that because that's one thing we talked about many times here is that, you know, a lot of the churches right now are being used um, as deceptive areas, you know, in order to change what you feel in scripture, support things that aren't scripturally sound, um, back things that the devil's trying to push forward. And even one of the bigger things they're doing is that they're, doing exactly what this guy said. He's like, you know, we got, uh, don't worry. You know, God's coming back. Just sit down. Don't do anything. You just have a beer. Enjoy your life while you're here. And he's like, no, preachers should be out there preparing people for what's coming, getting ready for this battle that we're going into, not standing still, not sitting down with idle hands, but stepping up and doing something together, collectively, we are the ones that are going to make this change. Yes, God is in the lead of this, but God is using us to make this change. And God would not want to sitting back and doing absolutely nothing because bad things only prevail because good people stand by and let it happen. This is why we need to step up and do something. Um, once again, to, we have to start somewhere. And uh, I'm going to start right there with the, uh, the, the link and the telegram that uh, John is getting set up where we can gather state by state and start coming up with answers instead of um, the one thing that we're all guilty of it is we're putting the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, but many of us don't put the solution. This is the time when we need to start coming up with the solution for the problems because the government is not going to fix this. It is only going to get worse and worse and worse, and we're watching it happen right in front of our very little eyes. Matter of fact, we're almost done with January, and it's amazing what all we've seen just in this month of this year. So next, uh, Republicans recover over 100 files that were deleted by January 6th committee days before the GOP took majority. Not a shock, and we've heard about this. So Republican um, hire forensics expert who recovered over 100 files deleted by January 6th committee days before the the GOP took majority. January 6th committee will be held account to the framing patriots and then trying to cover up the evidence. Liz Cheney and Nancy Pelosi should be very scared. And they should be, if we lived in a world of fairness and justice. But the problem is that we've got so many conservatives, or so many senators, so many Congress people that just aren't doing their job. It's the uniparty, they're still trying to convince us that there's two different parties, but the same party Fortunately, most people are waking up and they're starting to see this, and I sincerely hope that these people are held accountable. Exactly, Linz. This is the biggest double, double standard, and we see new double standards every day. Crafty Nut, they are a bunch of snakes. You are 100% right. They are all a bunch of snakes, and they all need to be held accountable because I can promise you this. They're either going to be held accountable by justice or... They're going to be held accountable by the people when they can no longer walk the streets. And if they somehow manage to get away from the wrath of the people, they're going to end up dealing with God and they're going to end up in hell. You're not escaping justice, evil, tyrannical people of this world. It's not going to happen. I don't care if you're the devil's best friend. The devil can't help you because God created that idiot and he will destroy him. So next, uh, judge. Okay, and this is just. Unbelievable, but not a shock. So tomorrow is the uh, Massachusetts um, preliminary they're going to be holding over there, the caucuses, which are going to be taking place tomorrow. So Trump was supposed to, Trump had um, rallies all weekend. He left his rally, ended up going back to New York so that he could be there for his trial today. And then the judge postponed Trump's defamation trial until the New Hampshire primary. So apparently one of the jury members was, was ill, so they canceled the whole trial today, and they moved it over tomorrow. So Trump is supposed to be doing his stuff tomorrow, out there rallying, getting the troops to come out to go vote for him in the primaries, and they have moved his defamation suit over to, to – um, during this uh, New Hampshire caucus. So it's not a shock, but here we go. I mean we could get upset about this, but here's what I see. I see desperation. These people are so desperate. The problem with the desperation that we're seeing right now is that, um, once we get through these primary, um, election expect this one tomorrow, once this is over, they are about to go crazy. They are realizing because, uh, the is gone. Nikki Haley won't have a shot. That'll be proven tomorrow. Um, this is where you're going to start to see some of the crazy stuff. The question is, is what are they willing to do? And my, my answer is they're willing to do anything whether it's something like a market crash, whether it's beginning a civil war, world war three, any of those things are possible. And it's looking like civil war and an invasion. Exactly. Memo. And um, we may be looking, civil war seems to be the one that they're hitting um, more than anything. And I will talk about that here in just a moment. So the judge postponed that defamation and uh, Elise least Stefanik came out and said, this is blatant election interference. Biden and his Democrat cronies are the true threats of democracy. And, uh, i agree with her 100 on that except i hate the word democracy i say a true threat to our constitutional republic there we go um the next is uh he says gosh darn it canada what is wrong with you um i've got that same question but i ask that same question about my country every single day child euthanasia without parental approval is pushed for canada so now canada is okay with kids at any age is going up mean, you now. You know what? I don't like being a kid. Um, can you take my life? This is crazy, crazy, crazy. You remember, um, and some years ago when he was coming out, literally, um, euthanizing people that were like super sick, like people that were in severe pain that just wanted to get their life over. So they didn't have to deal with this any longer. And they went after him like a criminal. And now literally, if you're just not, you don't even have to be sick. You just not happy with your life. You were born a boy and want to be a girl. Hey, come get euthanized. Like this is crazy. And I guarantee you, this isn't going to stop at Canada. It'll be here in our country here in no time. Cause Canada seems to be kind of one of those new testers as well. Unfortunately, they had, and I love this, that MMA fight that went over this weekend. I believe it was in Canada and everybody over there was uh, cursing out Trudeau. So i love that it's not just in america where they curse out biden they curse out trudeau too because he's an idiot and he needs to go as well um and here we go guys so supreme court lets the feds cut razor wire um texas that texas put off at the border so scotus today in a 5-4 vote roberts and um barrett voted with the democrats Um, The floating barriers can remain for now, but they gave permission to the Border Patrol to cut all the razor wire, so they can start letting these immigrants back through. And now this isn't permanent. Apparently, this is just until the major decision is made or something like that. But still, so all that razor wire costs money. So you're just going to like let them rip it apart and then we've got to go pay for more. So that's just going to cost us more money in the long run. And then. You've got um, all the immigrants that are going to be coming in during that time. Our justice system moves at the speed of a really slow turtle, not even a fast turtle, like a super slow turtle. So now that they're allowing them to cut that razor wire open again, allow the immigration of the immigrants through. My question is, how slow is this justice going to move before they actually get to what they need to where they can overturn this and and close the border again? This will probably take like another. Yeah, exactly. It's like a turtle sloth. It's like a sloth sloth, like the slowest sloth you've ever imagined is our justice system. And now we've got more immigrants that are coming in here at a time that we do not need it, because once again, what are they doing? Are they pushing for a civil war? I'll get to that here in a moment. So uh, this is great, too. So President Trump um, just said that he thinks that Biden is going to drop out of the race and we know that too trump has been right about everything you know trump when he gets out there and makes a comment it's not that he's guessing it's that he knows so um and we said this for a while the question is who are they going to um who are they going to exchange it with i think Lens is right i think my opinion is going to be big mike i know there's a lot of people that are still saying newsom but my guess is it's going to be big mike or it's going to be or they're going to end up taking a um Nikki Haley over and, t- and let her run on the Democrat ticket. So that'd be my guess. Cause she's a Democrat anyway. She just pretends to be a conservative. So, uh, you know, good question right here. So whatever happened to the cocaine in the white house, the gay sex tape in the Senate hearing room, the January six pipe bomber, Joe Biden's classified documents as a Senator, Paul Pelosi's gay prostitute with a hammer, the rest of the January six footage, the, uh, actual Epstein client list the seth rich hard drive and computers and more and much much more where did all these things go they just completely disappeared. what happened to juicy Smalley, guys whatever happened to juicy remember that he got arrested ended up in jail they they let him out on appeal um apparently they found him guilty again and then you never heard anything about him. i not think they they're just like okay we'll just let this pass over and people will memory hold that like everybody else sean bond jr I th- I think everyone there are actors at this point. There there's so many actors that are running around right now. And this is a problem though. That's why it's so difficult to tell who's on your side and who's not. There's so much deception and everything going on right now. It is more difficult than any time. Even the good researchers are having trouble figuring this stuff out. Um so fortunately though, Texas governor Greg Abbott says in response to the Supreme Court's ruling that he will indeed continue to defend Texas constitutional authority to secure the border and prevent Biden administration from destroying our property. So um, good for them. Um, I I still don't trust Abbott. I got a lot of questions about that guy because, like I said, as awesome as it seems that they're sticking it to the man and, and moving these immigrants around to the cities. You know, it could very well be that he's placing them where they need to be for the ultimate push for a civil war or infiltration of our country. And I still kind of feel like that may be the case. Um, I hate the fact that I because I, I really liked Abbott for a while. Um, But we've gotten the point now where we're all being so cautious and we're keeping our eyes open on everybody that it's hard to hide your past any longer. And I know he's got ties to the uh, global elite. So. Republicans, once again, um, you know, John Solomon uh, talked about that report of the 100 files that were deleted by January 6th committee, and I'm glad that uh, John Solomon was one of those people that's talking about it because John Solomon's one of those people that gets to the bottom of things. Um, this is uh, Representative Clay Higgins, one of the few that I actually like. Um, Congressman Higgins to the Supreme Court just ruled in favor of of the Biden administration over the state of Texas, saying that the federal government can remove physical barriers at the border put in place by Texas and ask, what are your thoughts? And his response was, my thoughts are that the feds are staging a civil war and Texas should stand their ground. This is Representative Clay Higgins that says this, and I could not disagree with him in any bit. I agree with him 100%. This is exactly what's happening right now. We've talked about this for months and months and months that this is not just a bunch of random immigrants coming to our country, but an actual invasion they're going to use in order to pit us against each other and ultimately create a civil war. So even Clay Higgins is coming out and speaking of this right now. So here we go. Um, and we discussed this one, too. What are the deep state and our cabal willing to do to keep Trump out of office? Well, Civil War, World War Three crash economy, many, many other things that they're, they, they will do, an assassination falls right up in there. As a matter of fact, there's been a couple people that have actually talked about that. Tucker Carlson was one of them that's mentioned that possibility, which is not too far out there. So George Soros's son amplifies um, apparent assassination threat against Donald Trump. So I'm going to play a quick little clip of this, and then I'll explain to you um, what this meme that he put out was
0: george soros's son alex has tweeted out an article that the gateway pundit is labeling as a direct threat of violence against donald trump you can see the article includes two pictures one of a bullet hole and 47 dollars in the other photo some are taking it as an innuendo about the 47th president it's an article from the atlantic with the opening line saying quote last year the crime and inflation crises largely evaporated so did the leading stories about what had caused them the article makes the argument that violent crime and inflation were both very bad in the beginning of 2023 but by year's end both problems had magically evaporated
1: so there's multiple things about what they're just saying right here so you know i'll get to the meme in a second but this whole article that this this picture meme was on the front of Literally was saying how bad things were at the beginning of 2023 and how amazing they are now, how good the economy is, how crime has dramatically all of a sudden gone down. Like none of that is true. Like none of that is anything more than just a vicious lie. Crime has gotten worse. The economy has not gotten better. Matter of fact, gas is even starting to go back up again. I was kind of a little excited back when it was down to 266 and now it's back up to about 290. So gas is even going back up. But the meme that, that uh, he put out that was kind of the picture had a picture of a window that had a bullet hole in it. And then right next to it, it had a man holding um, $47. So what is 47? Obviously, if Trump becomes, um, if he ends up winning this election, he will be the 47th president of the United States. Um, but if you look even harder at that money, the money that he's holding up was was made uh, during the uh the john f kennedy um administration the kennedy administration and it because uh, the wording on it i can't remember exactly what the wording on the dollar was uh because i don't have a good picture of it right now but basically the wording on the dollar back then was different than it is now back then it was like you know pay to the order of and then they ended up changing the wording to this is for the to pay or for the debt of the american whatever whatever it says on the dollar bill right now so once again, not only was there $47 next to the bullet hole, but there was also the money that, was, that they were holding was actually made during that time. So once again, hinting to an assassination, which is exactly what happened to John Kennedy. So um, like I said, these people get away with these little subtle hints. But, um, you know, I, we've discussed this one before. The last thing that I want to see. Is an assassination of trump but the last last thing that i want to see is an attempted assassination of trump getting a head wound and then trump comes back you know or comes back from the dead because you know where that's going that would be a little horrifying so next we've got a uh, tucker is going off and he's falling right back into the same thing that we've been talking about with the border and so forth so he says so it's unanimous everyone in power from the white house to the hedge fund managers, to the Supreme Court of the United States has decided to destroy the country by allowing it to be invaded. That leaves the population to defend itself. I ask, where are the real men of Texas? Why aren't they protecting their state and their nation? That was Tucker Carlson today. And uh, he's got a point that I have brought up many, many times. Matter of fact, um, I'm not even close to Texas right now. But uh, I happily... If people were to say, listen, we've got no choice, we've got to get people together and gather down there at the border to keep these people, I would hop in my car, I would hop on a donkey, I would head down to Texas, and I would help them out, just like I was ready to do when I was there. And many of us should be willing to do that as well, as for, eh, donkey, I'll take what I can get, That <laughs> <Matt. laughs> i got to be humble riding into Texas. So um, But nonetheless, it's like we should all be ready at this point, prepared to do what we can. Our government is not only not protecting our country our government is doing everything in the possibility to keep this immigration coming in to our country so this is all that you need to know about today's supreme court decision what do you have on barrett and roberts is my big question what do they have blackmail on barrett and roberts to make them go right along with the democrats on this the constitution is clear Um, Reminder that Article 5, Section 6, or excuse me, Article 5, Section 5 of the Constitution states that the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. So apparently the Supreme Court thinks that some invasions don't count. Once again, this is in our Constitution. Article, article, excuse me. Article 4, Section 4. Let me get that right. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. United States shall guarantee to every state in the union Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion, which is the exact opposite of what they are doing right now here in our own country. So sad, sad, sad. And once again, guys, the question is, is uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to step up? Um, how are we going to come together beyond the keyboards and we need to do this in a way where we're not getting pulled into their crappy war because like i said at the very least they're trying to get us fighting one another into a civil war and we can't give them what we want we've got to do this in a way that defeats them 100 percent. and the quickest way to do it's information or to remove their money from them but we've all talked about that as well so that's gonna have to be all of us getting together and deciding together no more taxes all right so I'm going to go ahead and get into our topic of the evening, and uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. First thing, I was, before I even get to the topic, this is interesting too. So, if, and I got to find the episode that I said this on, but if you guys remember, way back, like literally the first weekend of the NFL when the NFL started, they released the Super Bowl colors of with the Super Bowl logo, and uh, every year, and I, I've said the last like four or five years, the colors of the teams. Um, on the logo that they make actually end up being the teams that are in the Super Bowl. So how would they know this at the beginning of the year unless things are scripted? So there was a guy that somehow managed to get his hands on one of these scripts and made some videos on TikTok um, telling you what the score was supposed to be at halftime, when a fumble was supposed to occur, and he was dead on. He even mentioned, he totally mentioned that they were going to miss a field goal. And sure enough, um, one of the games was lost with a missed field goal attempt. So if you if I can find the number of that episode, I literally tell you that this year's Super Bowl is gonna be the Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, both of those teams squeaked through. So they both managed to get through to the finals. They'll be playing for the Super Bowl spot next week. And then so I'm telling you right now, guys, because remember the colors on the Super Bowl logo when they release it at the beginning of the season. Um, were uh, purple and then red on the bottom. So apparently the red, excuse me, the, the color on the bottom is usually a team that wins. So if that stands true, it'll be the Ravens versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl this year, and the 49ers will end up winning the Super Bowl this year. I am not a psychic. I am not a prophet. And if I'm right, like I said, it just proves that these idiots are actually scripting this game. And this guy that made the videos on TikTok yesterday, I'm glad that you released them when you did it because he literally was telling you exactly what was going to happen when, and this stuff like straight up happened. So, uh, and then what are the odds, like I said, of the two, two of the teams? Because I am no huge football fan by any means. So there's no way that I'm not the guy that's going to be able to know my teams well enough to guess he's going to be in a Super Bowl. So uh, I know the Kansas City Chiefs also have those red uniforms as well. And that was one of the possibilities that I thought it would be. And they actually still have a chance to get in there. Um, but for some reason, uh, I said the 49ers because it was that, it was, a uh, that burgundy, more of a burgundy red than the, the red that the chiefs had. So that was just a guess. But like I said, we'll all see, you know, and it's just another reason to quit watching any entertainment whatsoever, because, uh, I misimagined that got out. How many, how much money have people won, um, through fake, um, betting or lost money because of a scripted. NFL football game. I imagine these people are going to get sued pretty hardcore if that ever came to light. So once again, we're going to get into our topic tonight. So what does righteous anger mean in the Bible? And that's one thing that we deal with a lot because as Christians, we want to be loving people. We, we want to, to see the bright side of everything, you know, just to go around and give hugs, share love, talk God, you know, speak of Jesus. Um, but the world is a messy, messy, chaotic place. And sometimes just watching what's happening in the world has a tendency to get on our nerves, bug us, stress us out a little bit, sometimes make us angry or sometimes make us angry. And and there's days, like I said before, and I'm always honest with you guys, I'll, I'll watch some of this news. Just like today when I saw the Supreme Court decision, I'm like, we're not getting out of this with our government. The people are going to end up fixing this. Jesus is going to come back and, and tear this place apart and Throw some people in the hell, but it's not going to be our government that fixes this issue. And I get so angry watching all of these crooks get away with everything, watching good people lose their lives, their businesses, and so forth because of the tyranny that our governments around this world are pushing through. So we do get angry sometimes, but there's a good anger and a bad anger. You've got anger, anger, which is hateful anger. and You've got the righteous anger, which is the... um. the the anger that Christ had when he was walking around in uh, temples, flipping tables and uh, whipping whips. So we don't often equate anger with righteousness, but even Jesus flipped tables in the new Testament when experiencing something known as righteous anger, and you can find that Matthew 21, 12. So however, as Christians, we do have to exercise caution. There's a difference between righteous and unrighteous anger. So, um, in this uh, little bit that I'm going to go through and read to you, um, It was a bunch of different pastors that got together and did a really good write-up on the difference between righteous anger and anger, anger, how to tell the difference and how not to react upon one and how to embrace the other. As Christians, we should. So what righteous anger is and is not. So righteous anger is a grief over sin that arises when we witness an offense against God or his word. This is a great distinction between righteous anger and unrighteous anger. So righteous anger cares about others. It attacks the sin instead of the sinner, like a doctor trying to destroy any trace of a disease. We point out something incorrect about one's thinking or actions to bring them back to the path of righteousness. So righteous anger doesn't seek to hurt. So love doesn't retaliate. Righteous anger stems from love because it recognizes that someone's actions or words stray from the path of righteousness and love desires to bring someone back to that truth. So expressing righteous anger should be a last resort, though um, not a first. Even though Jesus flipped tables, he spent a great deal of his ministry turning the other cheek, and you can find that in Matthew 5, 38 and 40. Um, and here are some of the things that righteous anger is not. So first, you know, it says right here um, that righteous anger does not seek to hurt. So righteous anger in that case, you know, sometimes it may end up getting to violence and that's a whole different thing. Um, There's a difference between hurting someone while protecting your family, while protecting righteous, while protecting your values, while protecting your your spiritual faith, um, because you're not actively being an offender. You're not going out and seeking retribution. Um, You're taking care of a problem that has been brought on to you. Um, Often anger, anger, the unrighteous anger is going out and expressing that anger just because you're upset, mad, um, seeking possibly to harm someone, whether it be emotionally, um, whether it be physically. So um, expressing, excuse me, so righteous anger doesn't blast others in the comment section, um, especially fellow brothers and sisters of Christ. So especially over a non-essential doctrine such as, what type of worship style um, should a church play? You know those things. Yeah, the, the pointless arguments we talk about. You know the the whole flat earth, global earth. Like certain things just aren't worth arguing about. You know if the only one thing this earth that I'm going to argue about is that someone tries to tell me that Jesus isn't the only way into heaven. We'll have that argument, but that'll be a righteous argument. So it doesn't cause division or hurt someone even if unintentionally, to prove you are right. So righteous anger doesn't refrain from self control. Rather, it tries to speak to truth and love. Although we are called to speak the truth, we are to do so in gentleness and respect. And that's 1 Peter 3.15. So God and Jesus showed righteous anger. So we see some examples of people throughout scripture who exemplify righteous anger. In addition to the example above of Jesus flipping the tables, and the temple. So, John two thirteen through twenty five, Matthew twenty one twelve through thirteen. As money changers had defiled his father's house, we find some of the others who show indignation in Scripture. So, Nehemiah experiences righteous anger when he discovers the abuse of poor people in his community. You can find that in Nehemiah five six. Um, most uh, prominently. God shows righteous anger whenever his people stray after idols, pursue paths of wickedness, dishonoring and disobeying him. Some examples that we see here in Scripture are, the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command, and that was 1 Kings 11, 9-10. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel as he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until the whole generation of those who had done evil in his sight were gone. that is numbers 32:13. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness and this is Romans 118. So God's anger and wrath in the Bible are often expressions of divine justice. They represent his response to the human sin and disobedience. In this context, God's anger is seen as a reaction to the violation of his moral and ethical standards. So God's anger is closely tied to his holiness and righteousness. He is depicted as a perfectly just and holy being. And his anger arises when these standards are compromised. Um, so like I said, it's not like God's just getting mad at you for doing anything. Righteous anger comes from, you know, not holding up his commandments, not abiding by his laws, um, even more so um, messing up the, the minds of a child, you know, the, the innocence of a child. Um, those are great reasons to have that righteous anger, um, as we should right here on this earth with what's happening right now. We hear about what's happening to the children, the invasion, what the governments are doing, how they're treating um, the underprivileged. Like those are reasons for righteous anger. And we should step up. Like I said, not against the sinner, against the sin, but we should also be ready to defend ourselves and not go seeking that violence because that's entering a whole new territory that you don't want. Remember, if we were to ever have to fight, it's fight for the love to protect those that we love and not from the hate that exudes from our heart because of the evil these people are trying to do to this world so um so god's anger is not solely punitive but also serves as a warning and a means of correction so it seeks to bring about repentance and a return to god's ways in many, many biblical narratives god's anger leads to discipline or consequences designed to draw people back to him so it's no different than your mother or your father when you're a child and you're making bad decisions and you're doing stupid things your parents get angry at you and they don't get angry at you because they want to hate you they get angry at you because they want you to do the right thing so that you don't end up dead harmed hurt in jail or something like that at some point so your mom and your dad will be forced to discipline you in some way and that discipline is out of love and it's to correct your behavior or to bring you back to the righteous path which is exactly what god does so about righteous anger the bible says anger isn't sin but we shouldn't let the sun go down while mad. This is Ephesians 4.26. So in other words, we should reconcile the day of when someone wrongs us. We should be slow to anger. That's in James 1.19, using anger as a last resort, no different than when Christ was talking to Simon Peter about the sword. The man, who, Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. He's not saying don't pull the sword from the sheath or don't use the sword. There's just certain things that we should always try first. And there's certain things that should always be a last resort. Violence, anger, righteous anger should always be the last resort. There should always be things that we try first before we move into those things. But that righteous anger is out of love. Like I said, it's to bring people back so they don't end up in hell. Like I said, who who wants anyone that you love to end up in hell? Who wants anyone that you don't love to end up in hell? I know none of us do. So uh, of God himself does feel righteous anger and you can find that in psalms seven eleven. god himself is slow to anger and you can find that in psalms 145 8 so we do have to keep in mind that scripture says more about speaking in love and retaining or refraining from anger than it does showing us righteous anger we should pursue gentleness and respect above everything else even when faced with anger and that's a difficult one it's a difficult one for many of us right now because we're watching these people get away with so much we just got to separate and remember that you know it just look at these evil people in this world like a bratty brother or a bratty sister you know what i'm saying they're still your family you still have to love them you know you don't have to accept their sinful behavior but they're still your family and that's how we need to look at this world right now everyone in this world enemies um our allies they're all children of god and we need To not love their sin, but to love them and to keep on praying for them. And uh, like I said, I know that's a difficult thing to do sometimes, especially today. You know, so I even find myself, and I've said it before, praying that I mean from my heart what I'm praying for. Because it is so hard to pray for these enemies sometimes, knowing what they're getting away with. Especially knowing what they're getting away with, the children in particular. So we do have to keep in mind that Scripture says, well, excuse me, um, how can I know I'm experiencing righteous anger? so how do we know that the anger we feel is righteous and not just anger that can cause us to sin well we have to evaluate what has caused us to be angry so in a severe injustice such as sex trafficking pornography abuse and other wrongs that hurt humanity such issues should bring about righteous anger without question um after all micah 6 8 does call us to seek justice as well as love mercy So righteous anger brings about a certain redemptive action. We see a wrongdoing, and we seek to make it right via redemptive means. Uh, We may see an injustice and create a ministry to help those who experience that injustice to heal and to learn about Christ's love. It's important to consider what we can result from our anger. Will our anger produce actions that intend to make the world a better place and help bring people to hear the gospel in a loving way? Or will our anger retaliate, isolate, and cause someone to potentially stray away from faith um, because of those actions? And that would be a question that you should always ask yourself before acting upon any kind of anger. Is it what is, what is the anger going to make me do and what is my um, action going to cause? Is it going to cause something to, to be better in this world or something to be worse in this world? Um, and, and that's the, the big thing is it's hard to think of, too, is because, like I said, is righteous anger should never deal with harming. Righteous anger is never premeditated. Um, anger anger is. So once again, before you, you do anything, if you're ever angry and you're not quite sure if it's righteous anger or not, ask yourself, am I going to help people come back closer to God? Or am I going to ultimately make something that pushes people away from God, hurt somebody physically, hurt somebody emotionally? How can I avoid? unrighteous um or or sinful anger so it's very easy to um for anger to become unrighteous although anger itself isn't a sin acting upon it in many circumstances can be so um the association of biblical counselors explains that there are three faces of anger explosive brewing and embittered so all of these types of anger can lead to sin so, for instance, um, an explosive anger can cause us to say hurtful things. Consumed by our anger, we don't temper our words and it may end up maiming others in the process. So, stewing anger and embittered anger can blow the situation out of proportion in our minds. So, sitting with the anger longer than a day, um, and this is Ephesians 4 26, can cause deep rifts in a relationship and more likely cause us to sin. The longer. Um, we percolate in our anger. So that's one thing too, is that that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that God doesn't um, ask us to set forth on these missions alone. He doesn't say, all right, I've got a job that I need you to do in order to serve me. You're on your own. He puts us all together so that we can have these discussions so we can talk to one another. Um, Right here, I'm going to read this one again, is the stewing anger or the embittered anger. So you ever been upset or something that's just not sitting well with you, and instead of talking about it or or doing anything or verbalizing it, you sit on it, and you become angry and angry and angry, and then eventually you act instead of doing what's properly right. Um, yeah, Mary Allen says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And that's very well said, because we all have to do, that's the thing we have to deal with, is that we you've heard the term we we are our own worst enemies and we do have a tendency to be our own worst enemies because when we do stew on something we we bring things out of proportion we start fabricating things in our head that weren't really part of the situation we start looking at it from every angle and we end up upsetting ourselves more and then eventually instead of talking it out we go right into the arguing the actions and so forth so by all means um If you get into one of those situations and you don't even have to necessarily, you know, talk to the person that you're having the problem with, reach out to anybody here, anyone in this chat, anyone um, that you trust, reach out, talk to them. It's like a balloon. If you keep on blowing a balloon up, eventually you're going to run out of space for the air and that balloon's going to pop. Well, we are the same way. Let that air out, verbalize it you know just even if you're yelling at a wall sometimes that helps but go to a friend have a little chat about it don't do it while you're talking negatively about the person because this isn't about you know putting someone else down as much as lifting you back up so reach out to anybody talk to them this is why god puts us all together so that we can help each other during this because god knows the the closer we get to him the stronger our relationship that's built with him every single day the more the devil's going to put this stuff into our lives to where we have to lean on God. We have to lean on one another to get through these times. Like I said, we're an army. We're, we're here to help. We're here to heal, and we're helped, and we're here to defend, and we're here to serve our Heavenly Father. So, um, so unlike righteous anger, unrighteous anger seeks to hurt. So it doesn't care about the person the anger is directed toward. So even if we have the best intentions, sinful anger opposes love, kindness, and respect. And once again, anger is not a sin, but the way that you act upon anger can be, because anger can have you to down others, put stumbling blocks in front of your brothers and your sisters. Anger can cause you to even go as far as to take someone's life. So like I said, anger itself, although it's not a sin, some of the things that come from anger definitely can be. So uh, Matt and Head says, uh. Amen. Being angry is okay. Acting badly out of the anger is not good. Exactly. And That's the whole thing is that when Jesus went around whipping the whips and flipping the tables, he was pointing out a lesson to people. He was giving them a lesson to learn from, and he wasn't harming or hurting anybody. And like I said, but there's also a big difference between um, defending yourself, because if you have to become violent while defending yourself, God's not going to hold that against you whatsoever, because you're not hurting out of Angry or out of angst, you're harming out of love of those that you are trying to protect, so when we experience anger that we know will cause us to sin, we should reconcile with the person whom our anger is directed at the very least, sit down and have the conversation because that's one thing that we've learned in our lifetimes is how many times have we gotten upset about something, made ourselves more upset about it, and then it was really just a big misunderstanding to begin with. We live in a world right now where You know, you've got people that want to take things differently than they're actually said. And then, even further, people that like to indulge and create drama who are going around to create those problems that try to make it even worse. Like I said, if you were to sit down with the person that you had the problem with, chances are it could be squashed. And it was no different, you know, back in the day. Things are a lot different now. But when I was in high school, I think many of you were probably the same way. If we ever got into an argument or to a fight in school, you know, um, and I got into a couple of fights when I was a kid, um, we ended up becoming better friends. You know, we we were like best buddies after the fight was over. Like I said, things have changed a whole lot, but I guess in a way that was sitting down and having a nice little conversation, only it allowed you to get a little bit of that adrenaline out of you as well. So speaking to someone who feels emotions intensely, including anger, here are some constructive ways to better manage sinful anger. And uh, these are all really, really good things. Like I said, is I I've never um, I've never had quite the Scottish temper. Um, I know some of my family definitely has um, uh, the Scottish temper. I get annoyed sometimes, but I don't really have that big, big temper. Um, but these things are good to know because, like I said, in this world right now, um, on any given day, with what's going on in the world, it's not hard for us to get extremely upset at what's happening. So, first thing that we need to do, most important. In anything in your life, spend time with God. So the more we realize how much grace God has extended to us, the less we harbor anger and resentment against others. So Matthew 18, 21 through 35, Jesus calls us to forgive because he first forgave us. So exercise thanksgiving. The more we understand how much God has given to us in our own lives, the less we want to hold bitterness against a fellow brother and sister find things to be thankful for and that's a biggie too is our mind uh, the devil wants to keep our mind in this perpetual state of negativity thinking negative um and i don't mean just negative isn't like like anger or disgust or or lust or you know i'm I'm talking like the devil wants to keep us in a negative state of mind even doubting ourselves um low self-esteem and so forth and he will hit you every way that he possibly can so um once again, I'm going to repeat this actually uh, what, what was just said here a moment ago. Do not let the sun go down holding on to unconfronted anger. So if someone has wronged you, confront them about the offense and love the day they have sinned. Don't hold on to it. The longer you hold an offense against someone, the more your mind will warp, inflate, and incense the event in your mind. And we are all, all guilty of that. Although anger doesn't always directly lead to sin, um, we do need to understand what actions our anger will cause. If we think that we are experiencing righteous anger, we should exemplify, um, redemptive acts. So, however, more often than not, if we experience sinful anger, we should remind ourselves of the goodness and grace of God. If he can forgive us for everything that we've done, we should be able to forgive anybody on this earth for anything that they've done. So, uh, so I've got, um, uh, this right here, the, uh, they have a Bible, uh, study and expert to help start on the right new over new, uh, the years where they've got a bunch of these preachers that actually come together and they do these digs into scripture, covering certain words, certain topics and so forth. And this was one of them that they had done, um, on the righteous anger and so forth. And like I said, I thought that was a really good one. Uh, mainly because, uh, these are all things that we are all having to deal with right now you know i talk to people um on any given day and they're kind of where i am where if it wasn't for god who knows what we would have done by now the thing is though is that we don't want to get pulled into the devil schemes we don't want to do things in an ungodly way um we have to understand the difference between anger and righteous anger but we also need to step up do something to utilize that righteous anger and like i said at the very least to help people do it through information and through words, but we also need to be ready to pull that sword if times get to that point. I know none of us want to get to that point, but we have to be ready. And like I said, there's a difference in protecting what is yours and offensively trying to go and take what is someone else's. So um, how can I know for sure that my anger is righteous? So I'm going to go through and I'm going to read one of the other uh, um, articles that I pulled together. So the Apostle Paul gives clear warning to those who anger God. who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god as galatians 5 19-21 jesus expressed righteous anger over the sins of the people mark 3 1-5 matthew 21 12-13 and luke 19 41-44 but his anger was directed at sinful behavior and unmistakable justice or injustice so however we are also taught to be careful in our anger that we do not sin so be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And that's Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. We should check our attitude as well as our motive before becoming angry with others. So Paul gives us some sound advice on the appropriation or, or excuse me, uh, on the appropriate approach. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge i will repay says the lord on the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head do not overcome by evil but overcome evil with good and i've seen that um on so many occasions where someone comes after you with malicious intents trying to ruin your day trying to come after you in any way they possibly can and you end up literally treating their negative actions with love and mercy and grace, they don't know what to do. It's the equivalent of getting into an argument and not arguing back, but just keeping your mouth shut, not saying anything. That's how you win that battle. You know. So it's the same thing here is repaying repaying bad deeds with kindness and eventually hopefully you inspire them to do the whole thing but at the very least you're going to confuse and be like what the heck i literally just threw every negative thing i could at you and you still fed me we need to be those type of people so for it is better to suffer for doing good as that should be god's will than for doing evil and that's first peter three fourteen 14-17 Believers can also channel their anger into constructive action by becoming involved with Christian organizations that combat the influence of an evil society. So the key is that it is our outrage results in bringing the others into a loving and uh, restorative relationship with God, it's righteous indignation. And that's ultimately what our action should always be, is our action should always be a reflection of what God would do. Of what jesus would do of how they would ask us to present things in our lives that make other people's lives easier that aren't harming their lives and like i said we live in a world where people are trying to harm us they're trying to instead of making themselves better they try to down you in order to make themselves look better this is the kind of world we live in which is why it's more important than ever that we do live in that humble state that humility letting go of the ego and never forgetting. That the judgment is not ours. The judgment was is, was asked for God to, to have. It's God's judgment. And if you love and you trust God, and you have faith, and you love and you have faith, and you trust in everything that God said, including the justice that will come to this earth. So the righteous anger of Jesus. So, uh, well, sorry, let me go backwards. I did not mean to go into that one. I had some uh, verses lined up. Okay, the role of righteous anger in Christians. There we go. So there is a need to clarify uh, biblical teachings on anger because anger can be righteous and helpful when grounded in love and controlled by the Spirit, but dangerous and destructive when grounded in sin and controlled by the flesh. Therefore, I offer the following biblical points on anger. And I love the way that uh, the reason I chose this one right here is because I love the way that they actually term this one right here is uh, the importance of it being controlled by the spirit and how dangerous it is when it's grounded and controlled by the flesh um the flesh does nothing but get us in trouble so ephesians 4 26 says be angry but do not sin so according to this verse there um, is a time for believers to be angry and yet the right uh and yet right away the verse recognized the dangerous potential for anger to lead us to sin And it warned us about being angry for too long. So do not let the sun go down. And then the next verse warned us about giving the devil a foothold. But anger does not have to lead to sin. Anger can be an emotion God allowed us to feel to tell us that something is not right and it needs to be fixed. It is not the opposite of love that um, that would be hatred. Um, It can be uh, rightfully grounded in love. When someone drives recklessly to the neighborhood and endangers my children, my love for my children inspires me to become angry with the driver that can motivate me to the rightful action, lovingly confronting the driver if possible or building a fence to protect my children or petitioning authorities to put speed bumps on my road. So it doesn't happen repeatedly. And I can still graciously forgive the driver, even while seeking to correct and protect. If I merely suppress the anger, However needed change and reconciliation reconciliation may not happen. Anger can prompt faithful, loving intervention. If one feels anger, the next one should do is to prayfully consider what to do with that anger that will honor the Lord. And uh that's one thing too, is uh, understanding that, that anger completely can get a, uh, get away with this. And also, like they were saying, is it it's about coming up with a solution to the problem and uh yeah exactly hope anger is poisoning ourselves and it is because that anger ends up leading to one emotion to another to another emotion and it ultimately ends up tainting it taints your perspective and so forth and i'm going to go with a dj pupasi surrender it to him amen so the lord is slow to anger and he commands us to be as well so when god reveals his glory in exodus 34 moses proclaims The Lord, um, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and fruitful or in faithfulness, maintaining love to the thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. So, the essential attributes of God, including being slow to anger, are repeated once and over and over again throughout the Old Testament: Numbers fourteen eighteen, Nehemiah nine seventeen, Psalms eighty six fifteen, Jonah four two, and so forth. So in the New Testament, we are full, um, specifically commanded to be slow to become angry. James 1.19, We are told to clothe ourselves with patience and to bear with one another, and that's uh, Colossians uh, three twelve through thirteen. So we must control our anger, or it will control us. So after telling us to be slow to become angry, James reasons. Because man's anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So in other words, anger is very dangerous. The Proverbs um, consistently warn about the pitfalls of anger. So a quick-tempered man does foolish things. A better um, a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. Anger is cruel and fury-overwhelming. Because of these dangers of anger, the New Testament consistently warns against sinful anger and its various manifestations. Jesus said, I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother will be subject to judgment. That's Matthew 5.22. So Ephesians 4.31-32 commands us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice calling us instead to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ and God has forgiven each and every one of us. So um, similarly instructs to uh, rid ourselves of anger, rage, and malice. The writers of Hebrew warns us about the bitter root that can grow up as we do not, um, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. So Paul teaches us in Romans to live at peace with everyone, Um, as much as it depends on us as says, uh, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It's no secret that anger when unchecked can bring destruction to our bodies, our relationships, our families and our communities. And that is why God wants us to embrace the beautiful things in life, to embrace the love, to embrace the mercy, to embrace forgiveness and all those things, because those things or reaching out to help other people helping other people is ultimately healing for yourself just like hope said earlier though is that anger disgust rage all of these things can ultimately literally be poison to your body um, it's like worry worry falls into that whole negative category too god wants us to trust not worry so when we go to a doctor, for instance, and the doctor is like, okay, you know, you didn't know you had cancer and you were A-OK all these years. And then all of a sudden you find out you have cancer, you start to get stressed, you start to get worried. What happens? Your immune system starts to go down a little bit. And all of a sudden, like now where you were feeling great, you just went for a checkup, all of a sudden now you're going downhill quicker than you ever could have suspected. And it's because any kind of negative attributes, any kind of negative emotions or anything like that eats at your body And like Hope said, becomes a poison to your system. Um, Unforgiveness, Hope says that as well. And that's also a good point, is that um, forgiving is helpful to someone else because you've shown that you can be the better person and forgive them. But it also is good for you to verbally and openly forgive someone out loud because when you do forgive, you're letting it go. When you hold on to things, just like I was saying earlier, um, when you get angry, Have a conversation. Get get that into the air as quickly as possible, whether it be with the person that you're angry with or whether it be just one of your friends or your family. Express it. Get it out into the air. Let the air out of the balloon or else it's just going to eat at you and eat at you and eat at you just like every negative thing that you hang on to, including unforgiveness. You don't forgive somebody. It's just going to eat at you, eat at you, and eat at you. Verbalize it. Forgive them. Let it out of your system and start focusing on the things that God wants you to focus on. So um, allow God to evaluate your anger to determine if it is rightful or sinful. So rightful anger will demonstrate these qualities. A, it will react against actual sin. Uh, not just perceived sin, but since due to your own agendas and preferences, but actual violations of Scripture b it focuses on god's concern not your own concern remember the flesh gets us in trouble the spirit doesn't Um, it is accompanied by our godly qualities such as love patience and self-control you can find that in galatians 5 22-23 it moves quickly towards a peaceful resolution not leaving room for bitterness and that's the whole point it's just getting us out of our system it's getting that negative out not letting that anger, um, the hateful anger exist. And like I said, is when you have that righteous anger, it's a matter of coming up with the solution and fixing the problem, which is ultimately going to end up helping someone else and helping yourself as well. So be uh, so a good diagnostic question to ask is, what am I loving so much right now that my heart is moved to feel angry? Um, if you ask that question, if you do this analysis more often than not, you'll immediately be embarrassed because many, many times when you're defending, what you're defending is your ego, your pride, and your self-esteem. And once again, God doesn't want us to embrace ego, pride, or self-esteem. He wants us to embrace humility. So be quick to repent of sinful anger. A, recognize fights and quarrels are generally rooted in our own sinful desires. And That's James 4, 1 through 3. Consider that you may be wrongfully desiring more than the Lord. And remember, this is about what we want. This is about what God wants. So, be receive God's forgiveness and cleansing. And that's 1 John's 1, 8 through 10. Allow rightful anger to guide you to godly action. Be sure that you are not overreacting and consider overlook the offense. So, a man's wisdom yields patience. And it is to the, his glory to overlook an offense. So, Proverbs 19, 11. So, It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Proverbs 23. So, B, be sure to to remove the log in your own eye before judging the speck in another's eye. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Loving and humbly confront those who have sinned with a readiness to forgive as the Lord forgave you. D, go after the problem, not the person. And E, be sure your goal is peace, not punishment. That's Romans 12, 18 through 19. So on our societal level, uh, when confronting injustice, leverage righteous anger as a force for good. Continue lamenting to God and trust Him to hear your cries. Seek to be uh, or seek to be as informed as possible about the issue and the people who are being affected. Appeal to authorities about injustice. So Paul did this in Acts 25, 9, 12 to avoid unjust trial. Um, Take peaceful and loving action. Support churches and ministries that are committed to the gospel, sound doctrine and biblical values as they make a difference in confronting injustice. That's 1 Timothy 4, 15 through 16. And finally, share the gospel in order to address the root problem of sin and separation from God, Romans 1, 16 and Ephesians 2, 14 through 18. So may God guard us from sinful anger and use any righteous anger that we feel to further his holy purpose in this world. We may do justly, love, mercy, um, and walk humbly with our God as we become more and more like Jesus together. It's Micah 6, 8, Romans 12, 1 through 2. So, um, so there it's that's one thing that I, I felt that was kind of an important conversation. I know that I had talked about this once before, but this is one thing that we're going through a lot. And when I um, when people reach out to me, they ask me questions, and they are like, you know, they ask me, like, I don't know how you stay so calm. And I'm like, well, I don't always stay calm. You guys hear me all the time talk about pulling swords from the sheaves and throwing rocks. Like, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't have to ask God for his calmness, for his mercy. Like, Heavenly Father, please. Take this away from me because uh all I'm gonna do with what I've got right here is get myself in trouble. like I said, we have to understand the difference between uh the righteous anger and anger anger, and right now it's becoming more and more difficult because like I said, we're seeing so many people get away with everything. we're seeing more examples of child endangerment, child trafficking, sexual exploitation. Um, satanic ritual abuse just on and on and on that it's hard not to be upset about this. But once again, it's a matter of going after the problem and not the person. So, uh, oh, uh, Great Papa Steve says, Joseph, can you tell us again about the Supreme Court said again about the room? So the Supreme Court uh, earlier made a interim decision to allow the Border Patrol to go through and cut all the barbed wire fence and the razor wire to let the immigrants come through until the main decision about the immigration has been made. So that can take anywhere from two months, six months, to another year. We've got people running across our border because our federal government is not doing what our Constitution demands them to do, and that is protect our border from invasion. Crazy. Yeah, exactly, Matt. I'm going to screw them. I'm going to say what you said. Screw them. Um, Yeah, it's it's crazy, guys, but this is where we come in is we got to do something. Embrace that righteous anger, not the anger anger, the righteous anger. And if there's a call for us to go down, if it's put on your heart, guys, there's always been times in our country where the men have had to leave the women behind briefly in order to protect the values, their liberties, and their freedoms right here in this own country. And if that comes down to it, we may end up having to do this. We may end up having at some point to uh, head down to that border and protect what is ours and and to protect the rest of this country as well. Like I said, just because you live in the center of the country like Kentucky or or Colorado or one of those places, you know what I'm saying, doesn't mean that they're not going to come in here. So like I said, if there's a point, there's a call to action that we need to go down, we may need to consider that, guys. A Michigan as well, because we got a border up there, and we're just gonna end up in a huge, huge mess at some point. So Linz, come on down. All of you guys, we're gonna we're gonna protect this country, one or the other. And like I said, fear not over and over again. We'll keep saying that. God's got our back, God's got a plan. I know things are difficult to see what's going on right now, but every day I get a glimpse of as to the truth being exposed or the lies being exposed, the truth coming out. So we are getting glimpses of this. So keep on praying, praying, praying guys, we will get through this. We will, de- God will destroy just like he promised. We just need to be a little patient and calm and have control of the righteous anger. So that it doesn't become anger, anger. So once again, guys, a quick reminder before we get into prayer. Um, I think uh, Ed just brought it up again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to pray. I'll pray at the beginning of those shows and the end of those shows, Ed, because there's always room for prayer. You can start a show with prayer and in it, and just throw random prayer right into the, the show as well. But remember, guys, so starting next week, we will be going on at nine o'clock Eastern Time instead of ten thirty, except Monday nights because there's already an awesome show going on at nine o'clock um with jay woo so we will be doing our show like i said 10 30 on mondays eastern time and then every other day we'll be going on at nine o'clock so you guys get here a little earlier and i get to my i can get to my work a little bit earlier at night too so that works out well and that also means that jeff will be coming on with us a whole lot more so that'd be awesome so in the meantime if everyone would please bow your heads, let's get into a little prayer heavenly father i want to thank you again for another day thank you for another beautiful weekend and for all these amazing people that you have brought together in our family, which is getting bigger and bigger and bigger every day, dear Lord. And I am so grateful for that because this army needs to be huge. And Father, we know even with just three men at your side, you can destroy all the evil in this world. But dear Lord, we can just build that army bigger and bigger and just make this job easier. Let us all want to serve you more and more, Father, and let us learn to listen a little bit more every day so that we could step up and do what you ask us to do. Dear Lord, we are all on our little mission separately that you have put us on, but it's for one great mission. And this is this gigantic battle that we're in the middle of right now between the spirit of this world, the evil, and the good, dear Lord. And the good's going to succeed. We all know this because you promised us that. But, dear Lord, I asked it during this time. You allow us to let go of any unrighteous anger, any sinful anger. Let us focus on the righteous anger, dear Lord. But let us do the right thing with it. Dear Lord, on those days, and I'm ready to throw rocks, I just ask that you bring calmness over me. You bring the courage, dear Lord, to do the right thing and to keep spreading the truth and the information, but to call me from going into throwing the rocks and pulling the sword, dear Lord. But if that time comes and we need to do what we can to protect others, I ask you, Father, to please let us step up and do everything that we can to protect everyone. Dear Lord, we are thankful for all that you have given us, dear Lord. Thank you for bringing all these people together. Thank you for this family, like I said, just growing more every single day, dear Lord. Thank you for all the prayer warriors, which are becoming more abundant every day and all the people reaching out for prayer, dear Lord. Thank you for listening and answering all those prayers. Dear Lord, I ask that you continue to give us the strength of discernment, the wisdom, And the courage and everything else that we're going to need during these times but dear lord give us patience first and foremost patience with others the same patience that you've given with us dear lord never let us miss a day where we aren't praying for our enemies as well repenting for the wrongs that we've done dear lord and working on become better people but dear lord thank you for loving us enough to get us to the point where we are today. And dear Lord, every day gets a little bit easier and every day is worth something because we are serving you, dear Lord. You alone have given meaning to this world and given meaning to life. So dear Lord, one day we know you're gonna come take us home. We don't know when that time is, so allow us to keep focused on the kingdom, dear Lord, but also allow us to keep focused on this earth because you utilize every one of us down here to serve you as your voices, your arms, your legs, your eyes, and dear Lord, continue to let us do everything that we can in your service. But we love you with all of our hearts, dear Lord, and we just ask that you answer all the prayers of those that are sick right now, those that are in financial problems, dear Lord, and let us help them in any way that we possibly can. Be with Tam as she watches over the beautiful family that just lost one of their loved ones, dear Lord, as they entered heaven. And thank her so much, dear Lord. Bless her for being there with that family. And dear Lord, I ask that you uh, be with Little Red as she goes in for her next eye surgery and let that be successful as the last one was, dear Lord, so she can get back and do what she's doing. But dear Lord, thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for all the beautiful people you brought into our lives. And thank you for all that you have blessed us with. In Jesus Christ's name, and our Heavenly Father's name, we pray. Amen. Well, guys, I hope you all have an absolutely beautiful evening. Like I said, we'll be back uh, tomorrow night. Um, um, next week, we'll be starting the 9 o'clock hour. So except for Mondays, like I said, Mondays will be going on normal time. The last thing I want to do is uh, hop on to um, another God show that goes on at 9 o'clock anyway. So Jay, we'll be doing that. We'll be going on after him. And then every other day, we will be here nine o'clock eastern time so that you guys won't i won't be holding you up so late but in the meantime guys uh if you ever have any um any topics that you want to talk about by all means reach out to kilted at gmail.com let me know i will get into research i will bring up all the scripture and i will have that conversation as well um but we're gonna have another great week i um, going on as well and i think jeff may be joining us at uh, some point this week as well so I hope you all enjoyed this show on Righteous Anger. we we'll back tomorrow evening with another great scriptural topic and some more really terrible news going on in the world because the world doesn't stop turning. One day it will, but Jesus is going to be the one that stops it, and that's not going to be a good day for a lot of people on this earth. Which is why we need to pray, 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 repent, 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 strengthen our relationship with God, and help other people find what has been brought to our life as well. But I love y'all very, very much. I will see you tomorrow night for episode five hundred and twenty-eight of Kilted Christian. In the meantime, I leave you with this.
0: Oh, say, can you see? Oh, say does that
1: Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your night. Thank you so much for watching or listening to Kilt the Christian, episode 527, Righteous Anger. We'll be back tomorrow evening for episode 528. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you a little spoiler. God wins. So fear not. Stress not. Let go of your anxiety. Hold on to all those beautiful things that God has given us. Pray, pray, pray. Spread that gospel from nation to nation. God will give us everything that we need to get through these times, but we also need one another. So unify, not divide. Guys, I love you very, very much. We will see you tomorrow evening. Have an
0: absolutely beautiful night and God bless.